Searching for last-minute gifts? Shop the last-minute deal sale at Virginia ABC and save 20% on select 750-milliliter bottles. That's 20% off gifts for the hard to shop for. 20% off gifts guaranteed to fit. 20% off gifts to celebrate the season. And 20% off a little gift for yourself. Shop the last-minute deal sale at Virginia ABC. In stores and online now through December 21st. Please sip responsibly. This is the American Veteran Show. Proud to finally say these two words. Welcome home. Dedicated to those who have worn the uniform. Tremendous national asset. Dedicated to our active duty men and women. They came not as conquerors, but as liberators. Dedicated to presenting issues, topics, and interviews highlighting their commitment to our country. I want to thank the courageous men and women who've served their country in uniform. Less than 1% population of our country chooses to serve our country in the military and the other 99% of us we owe them online at americanveteranshow.com here's Stephen Tubbs welcome to this week's edition of the american veteran show as summer slowly comes to an end a pleasure to have you along with us Stephen Tubbs our producer Michael Arpaio. We couldn't do programs like this without our presenting sponsor, Attorney John Boson at Boson Law, B-O-E-S-E-N Law, BosonLaw.com. I'm going to talk a little bit about John in just a moment. Uh, coming up in the uh, program ahead, a couple of different things. Uh, it's with a heavy heart that I, I kind of tell you that one of our favorite World War II veterans is not doing well, he's had a uh, an incredible life. He's 97 years old. I'll give you an update on Joe Weinmeyer, one of my all-time favorite human beings coming up. Uh, also, next segment, and maybe a little bit uh, as we wrap up this first segment. It was 60 years ago this past week that, uh, and how many times as a sidebar I've told you, we are such big fans of space, not only on the American Veteran Show, but our regular program Monday through Friday, 4P to 7P Mountain Time. I love space. And it was 60 years ago this past week uh, that President Kennedy on the campus of Rice University in Houston gave what has really been known over the decades as the moon speech. You know, we will get it to the moon in this decade. So we're going to have uh, our full uh, segment next segment in segment two uh, dedicated to that and you'll hear the speech everybody can play you the soundbite but have you heard you know 10 minutes of the speech so we uh, certainly will talk about that and then the second half of the program today will be dedicated to joe weinmeyer a world war ii veteran a flamethrower united states marine corps and uh, just to hear some of his um his recollections of his long life. Joe is in hospice care right now, and uh, this past week I had a chance to visit him, and um, I think it's the right thing to do as not only summer slowly comes to an end, but this program as well. Again, our final American Veteran Show will be Sunday, October 29th, and it's not because anybody's mad uh, at me or me at them. Uh, I have uh, made the announcement, and we talked about it a lot uh, within the last couple of weeks that I've made the announcement that I will be retiring from radio. And friends, if you have made this American Veteran Show program a Sunday habit, I am forever in your debt. And I thank you very much. But it's time 
God has told me to do something uh, else, and and certainly I will try to keep everyone as best I can informed of, of my next steps. But the final radio program, Steph and Tub Show, will be Friday, November 3rd. Now, I say a lot that we could not do programs like this without our presenting sponsor. I don't just say that because it's uh, on a script in front of me because, well, maybe sometimes you could tell there is no script for this program or the regular show for that matter. But I just want to say a, a heartfelt thank you for nearly the entire time this program has been in existence, and this is well into season seven. We could not have done this program without attorney John Boson, who is so damn busy, I still haven't been able to get him here into studio to talk about exactly why would you take an idea that a guy had and, hey, I want to do a radio program every week on our veterans, military charities, kind of do a little history lesson every now and then. Why would John Boson want to back that? And the reason is because this attorney in the Denver metro area is a patriot. So, John, I don't know if you're listening right now, but I want to make sure that it goes on record as saying Attorney John Boson has been fighting for veterans and on behalf of veterans dealing with issues with the VA, dealing with uh, toxic chemicals, Camp Lejeune. We could not do programs like this. It's not free to put on. And, of, of course, people need to get paid. I don't. I've never collected a cent for doing this program, but our producers over the years have, and that's how it should be. They do hard work, and they make this show uh, what it is. So to Attorney John Boson, I say thank you to your your team of attorneys doing the right thing, fighting on behalf of veterans. If you've got an issue or a family member has an issue that may need some legal assistance, I'm telling you he is the real deal. It's B-O-E-S-E-N, bosonlaw.com, bosonlaw.com, as I say, fighting on behalf of veterans every single day. Their phone number, friends, could not be easier. (laughs) That's why I remember it off the top of my head every single week, 303-999-9999. Joe Weinmeyer will have the second half of the program you'll hear from uh, from his visits in the past with us. Uh, He is receiving hospice care, and he's here in the Denver metro area. And I knew that after a fall earlier this summer that it had gone kind of south for this 97-year-old. He is one of the kindest, gentlest patriots that I've I've ever had a chance to meet in my personal life and one of my all-time favorite guests to have on either the regular show or, or this program. He's... He's gracious. He has had ups and downs in his life. He's shared with us, and we've laughed about his memories of doing roller derby in the 1950s. He has shared his stories about how he became a flamethrower in the United States Marine Corps. And that was basically, well, we need flamethrowers. Weinmeyer, you're a flamethrower. And I have been able to call Joe one of my best friends, and I hope if you're a man or woman of faith that you will will actually pray for Joe. And in the twilight of his life, uh, I hope that if you have made this program part of, of your life, and I'm not saying every single Sunday, but if you've made this program 
part of your life, I hope that you've heard Joe. And if you haven't, you're in for a treat because the second half of the program will be that way with Joe. But I've been able to travel the world with him. The first time I met him was here in Denver. And this was darn near 20 years ago. And my one regret, if I could just speak to the Lord, would be, I wish you'd had me in a position to know Joe even longer. But we traveled to Australia, one of his favorite stories that he would share uh, over the last couple of decades. And he would tell me it was one of his favorites, uh, was to recall what I would do just as a jokester with um, a bunch of World War II veterans in, you know, a land down under. It was kind of like herding cats at times. But one of the things I would do is when we would go either into a pub or a restaurant, I would always say that it's Joe's birthday. And and so they would treat him extra special and they would sing happy birthday to him, even if his birthday was like 10 months from when we were there. Uh, I was able to travel to Iwo Jima with Joe. I was able to travel to Pearl Harbor with him, as well as back to our nation's capital in Washington, D.C., So, Joe, we love you, and I dedicate this program to you. We'll take our first time out coming up this week on the American Veteran Show. Our next segment, again, will take you to Rice University in September of 1963, the moon speech from John Kennedy. We meet in an hour of change and challenge, in a decade of hope and fear, in an age of both knowledge and ignorance. The greater our knowledge increases the greater our ignorance unfolds. Despite the striking fact that most of the scientists that the world has ever known are alive and working today, despite the fact that this nation's own scientific manpower is doubling every 12 years in a rate of growth more than three times that of our population as a whole, despite that, the vast stretches of the unknown and the unanswered and the unfinished still far outstrip our collective comprehension. Again, coming up next segment, we look back 60 years after the moon speech delivered by President Kennedy. I'm Stephen Tubbs. We're off and running. This is the American Veteran Show, AmericanVeteranShow.com. Welcome back to the American Veteran Show. We continue now with Stephen Tubbs. We continue this week and uh, make no bones about it. I love space. I love everything from from Mercury, Gemini, Apollo to the space shuttles to the Mars rovers. And of course, now, as uh, we get ready with the Artemis missions to not only first, obviously, orbit the moon, but planning on going back to the moon. Speaking of which, just this past week, the 60th anniversary of President Kennedy on the campus of Rice University in Houston, the moon speech. President Kitzer, Mr. Vice President, Governor, Congressman Thomas, Senator Wiley and Congressman Miller, Mr. Webb, Mr. Bell, scientists, distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate uh, your president having made me an honorary visiting professor, and I will assure you that my first lecture will be uh, very brief. I am delighted to be here, and I'm particularly delighted to be here on this occasion. We meet at a college noted for knowledge, 
in a city noted for progress, in a state noted for strength, and we stand in need of all three. For we meet in an hour of change and challenge, in a decade of hope and fear, in an age of both knowledge and ignorance. The greater our knowledge increases, the greater our ignorance unfolds. Despite the striking fact that most of the scientists that the world has ever known are alive and working today, despite the fact that this nation's own scientific manpower is doubling every 12 years in a rate of growth more than three times that of our population as a whole, despite that, the vast stretches of the unknown and the unanswered and the unfinished still far outstrip our collective comprehension. No man can fully grasp how far and how fast we have come. But condense, if you will, the 50,000 years of man's recorded history in a time span of but a half a century. Stated in these terms, we know very little about the first 40 years, except at the end of them, advanced man had learned to use the skins of animals to cover them. Then about 10 years ago, under this standard, man emerged from his caves to construct other kinds of shelter. Only five years ago, man learned to write and use a cart with wheels. Christianity began less than two years ago. The printing press came this year. And then less than two months ago, during this whole 50-year span of human history, the steam engine provided a new source of power. Newton explored the meaning of gravity. Last month, electric lights and telephones and automobiles and airplanes became available. Only last week did we develop penicillin and television and nuclear power. And now, if America's new spacecraft succeeds in reaching Venus, we will have literally reached the stars before midnight tonight. This is a breathtaking pace. And such a pace cannot help but create new ills as it dispels old. New ignorance, new problems, new dangers. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. William Bradford, speaking in 1630 of the founding of the Plymouth Bay Colony, said that all great and honorable actions are accompanied with great difficulties, and both must be enterprised and overcome with answerable courage. If this capsule history of our progress teaches us anything, it is that man in his quest for knowledge and progress is determined and cannot be deterred. The exploration of space will go ahead. 
whether we join in it or not. And it is one of the great adventures of all time. And no nation which expects to be the leader of other nations can expect to stay behind in this race for space. Those who came before us made certain that this country rode the first waves of the Industrial Revolution, the first waves of modern invention, and the first wave of nuclear power. And this generation does not intend to founder in the backwash of the coming age of space. We mean to be a part of it. We mean to lead it. For the eyes of the world now look into space, to the moon and to the planets beyond. And we have vowed that we shall not see it governed by a hostile flag of conquest, but by a banner of freedom and peace. We have vowed that we shall not see space filled with weapons of mass destruction, but with instruments of knowledge and understanding. Yet the vows of this nation can only be fulfilled if we in this nation are first, and therefore we intend to be first. In short, our leadership in science and industry, our hopes for peace and security, our obligations to ourselves as well as others, all require us to make this effort, to solve these mysteries, to solve them for the good of all men, and to become the world's leading spacefaring nation. We set sail on this new sea because there is new knowledge to be gained and new rights to be won, and they must be won and used for the progress of all people. For space science, like nuclear science and all technology, has no conscience of its own. Whether it will become a force for good or ill depends on man. And only if the United States occupies a position of preeminence can we help decide whether this new ocean will be a sea of peace or a new terrifying theater of war. I do not say that we should or will go unprotected against the hostile misuse of space any more than we go unprotected against the hostile use of land or sea. But I do say that space can be explored and mastered without feeding the fires of war, without repeating the mistakes that man has made in extending his writ around this globe of ours. There is no strife, no prejudice, no national conflict in outer space as yet. Its hazards are hostile to us all. Its conquest deserves the best of all mankind. And its opportunity for peaceful cooperation may never come again. But why some say the moon? Why choose this as our goal? And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Why 35 years ago fly the Atlantic? Why does Rice play Texas? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. 
because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills, because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone, and one we intend to win, and the others too. Once again, this past week, the 60th anniversary of President Kennedy at Rice University in Houston, the moon speech. We'll take a time out, and when we come back, the rest of the program, the last couple of segments, you'll hear from one of our favorites, Joe Weinmeyer, who is in the twilight of his life now, and he has been one of the highlights of not only our regular program, but this program as well. Stephen Tubbs with you. This is the American Veteran Show, AmericanVeteranShow.com. Now, back to The American Veteran Show. Here's Stephen Tubbs. Midway through The American Veteran Show on this Sunday, once again, thank you so much for whatever time you give us. If you listen later online at AmericanVeteranShow.com, thank you for that as well. This show does have an expiration date, an end date. Our final broadcast will be Sunday, October 29th. And after nearly seven full seasons, we are forever in your debt for uh, taking part in this program and, and for listening to veteran stories and our highlighting military charities and sometimes, as we did last segment, kind of giving you a, a little history lesson. The rest of the program I want to dedicate to a man who is currently in hospice care, Semper Fi, always and forever, to United States World War II Marine, Joe Weinmeyer. Well, uh, the flamethrower, fully loaded, weighed 70 pounds. And it had a range of about 40 yards. And I tell you, I could feel the heat coming back. I can just imagine how hot it was Ooh. on the other end, you know. But uh, in combat, the flamethrower's life was two minutes because you were a target because of the... Uh, firepower you had as well as your BAR men those two were the two most feared weapons in on on the ground and, and you could i mean obviously you're a target because you potentially could do so much damage exactly exactly pillboxes you had training in all of that to oh yeah where to shoot and yeah. where to point and yeah oh yeah well you stick the nozzle of it in in the opening of a pillbox or bunker and you don't know how many men would be in there well you'd you'd they'd all die and of course you're the one they're going to try to put away Mm -hmm. you were actually you were kind of as as uh, the term goes voluntold that you were going to do this Uh, tell us about that well of course after i got out of boot camp we went to advanced training and we did a a lot of weapons training and of course one of the weapons was a flamethrower. And, of course, that all goes on your record. So when I got overseas and joined the the, orga, the company I was in. In the your fifth, Marine 5th Division. 5th Division, mm-hmm. 3rd Battalion, Headquarters Company. And, of course, uh, they had all of our records and what you had done prior to... Let's see. Weinmeyer, Weinmeyer, yeah. Weinmeyer. What did you do? Oh. Oh, they see on their... Uh, all the, the 
practice I've had with different weapons also than they had flamethrower. So the first thing that we fell out in the morning, the first thing the sergeant said, I need a flamethrower, Weinmeyer. <laughs> and I was a flamethrower from then on. There you go. If I were to tell you or look you in the eye and say, sir, thank you for your service. How you doing, sailor? You would say as a Marine. I'm not a sailor. Thank you very much. Thank I'm you. I'm not thank a sailor. Thank you. Thank and you very much. Thank those that were. But I wouldn't choose any other branch but the Marine Corps. Now, when they say, whoa, 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 Joe, yeah. we, we love you, Joe. We respect you, Joe. But now you know that technically the United States Marine Corps is under the United States Navy, you say? Yeah. Well, it's part of the Navy, but the best part. That's right. <laughs> All right. I want to get into... I, I want to get into some some stuff that look. You're you're just a few weeks away from turning 96. You pay attention to the news. One of the things that I think we start off with is a question that you've been asked, and I think a, another friend of yours had asked you maybe not too long ago. Hey, Joe, you know you're of this certain age. You're 95 right now. Would you take today, or would you rather go back to you know earlier in your life? What do you, you automatically say? Go back to my earlier life. In a heartbeat. Because? Because of the unrest and the chaos that's going on in this country today. The shootings and uh, and these are young kids that are doing the shooting, which is atrocious. That uh, I wouldn't, I couldn't, when I was at age 18, 17, 15, I no more thought about shooting somebody than fly to the moon. That it's just unbelievable what's going on today. There is a an enormous difference in in the generations. Oh my God, yes, uh, it, it, it's the difference of day and night. I mean, uh, back then things weren't so. Things are going so fast today, this day and age. Back then, everybody, it was slow and easy. and uh, I mean, it wasn't perfect. I'm not trying to make you even say that, oh, right? No. I mean, I, I obviously did not live, you know, your yeah. the, the generation, you know, you coming up in your teens and 20s and 30s, 40s. But at the same time, I, I mean... It may not have been perfect then, but I mean, you would, it was unheard, it would have been unheard of, simply unheard of yeah. to see almost what is seemingly occurring all the time now in this country back in, in your day, so to speak. Oh, in my day, you never heard of anything like this. I mean, that was unheard of. And it's a shame, too, because we have so many opportunities to advance. All we have to do is be sensible about it and take advantage of it for the betterment of the country mm -hmm. and for the people. Now, you know what I find interesting is, obviously, I couldn't have more respect for you. You know that. Yeah. And a lot of people listening would would probably concur. Oh, my goodness, th th that man's generation, people like him saved the world, right? right. Yet, if... If you start it, and so that's like the the foundation, right? But if you and I start a conversation and it gets to, well, I know you're a Second Amendment supporter, but if you start talking about like, well, here's what we should do. You know, what I find interesting about our society today is at one second they could be hearing a World War II veteran and, you know, you kind of 
walk on water. But if you say anything that they disagree with, especially when it comes to you know weapons and the Second Amendment, all of a sudden they don't love you anymore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Uh, everybody has a freedom of speech and freedom of choice. And if somebody, and I myself, if I don't like what somebody's saying, I just walk away. Mm-hmm. But I'm you're not, not going to wish them cancer. You're not no, going to wish them to get no. in a car accident on the way home from work. No, no. You don't wish anybody bad luck. Well, you know, but that that's uh, what that, a lot of people do. Oh, you betcha. You betcha they do. Uh, you have a wonderful lady friend in your life. I have been uh, privy to uh, having lunch with, and she is just terrific. And I know the last couple of months have been very, very hard on her, and she's kind of sick right now. Please. I want to say hi to my most wonderful and lovely lady. Lori, I love you, and hi. Oh, jeez. Hold on a minute. i got to get myself together. <laughs> Uh, you want to give anybody else a shout-out? Because I know some of your pals at the Elks maybe tuned oh, in. Well, those that are listening, I want to say hi to you. And I'm so glad I have so many wonderful friends at the Elks 1777. Yeah, you you really do. I mean, you oh. are, you are, and I know you, I, I'm speaking for you, you're blessed because you have so many people in your life oh. that care and, and love you. And you know, one of the hard things, I, I don't know if I've ever publicly said, in fact, I know I haven't, I've told you probably many times off the air, but... You know, last year was, you know, a, a big birthday, you know, your 95th oh. birthday. And they threw a, you know, a big oh. deal. And I can't I, I was unable to attend. I think I was out of town. Yeah, you were. And, you know, man. Oh, Steph- what, what a what a great birthday. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of the one of my friends, they bought 95 balloons and filled them with uh, helium. Mm-hmm. And they were all up on the ceiling. Mm. And oh. What a what a party that was! Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody said, "You're going to have another one." <laughs> <laughs> and you I said, said, "You said, said Are you, come to my big bash for 100." 100. That's what I said. When I hit 100, I said, "I'm going to sell the farm, and we're going to have a big <laughs> blowout." <laughs> From earlier, Joe Weinmeyer, United States Marine Corps, came back to the states, took part in roller derby, traveling around the country. One of the kindest, best human beings I've ever met. Joe is currently receiving hospice care in the Denver metro area. One more segment with Joe that comes up next. This is the American Veteran Show, AmericanVeteranShow.com. To the American Veteran Show. Here's Stephen Tubbs. We wrap up this week's edition of the American Veteran Show once again as uh, we pay tribute to a man who is currently receiving hospice care in the Denver metro area, one of my favorite human beings of all time, World War II veteran, United States Marine Joe Weinmeyer. This from a previous appearance. Oh, it's always a pleasure to see you. And we have such a good time together. We do. We've had a such good times in the past, our trips that we've taken ar- around the country, the world. Yep, yep. Yeah. We went to uh, Australia together. We've been to Hawaii together. We've been to Iwo Jima together. We've been across the country. J- Japan. Japan. Um, but Camp Tarawa, 
What do you remember? Because now it is back to almost native uh, prairie land on the Big Island. Yeah. Well, when I was there, of course, that was our base camp. And all you seen was tents and uh, Quonset huts, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, but they did, like we both know, they've got that memorial where the camp was. Right. Uh, on the Parker Ranch. Parker Ranch, right. And, um, you know, it's... You think maybe if you've never been there, you think, well, it's an island. How big can this be? They call it the Big Island for a reason because it is very it, big. And and you were part of the Fifth Marine Division, right? Right. When uh, uh, I went over there, they they were forming the Fifth Division, and I was one of one of many replacements. Mm-hmm. Joe Onemeyer is our guest. He's been. On our regular program, and uh, boy, he's been with me so long, he's been even on other radio stations. <laughs> but we're not going to talk about that. But this is the American Veteran Show, and Joe is 96 years young, still drives. Uh, we have lunch together as much as we can, and um, I, I wanted him to kind of share that few memories, the, you know, those memories of, uh, of training. You were a flamethrower. And you were on the Big Island, Camp Tarawa. How does it all start? I mean, I, I know that you've shared the story before of how you actually got to become a flamethrower. Well, uh, when I got out of boot camp, of course, we went to uh, went to Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. And that was uh, our advanced training, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of uh, field uh, stuff and also weapons training. And... Uh, course i used the flamethrower along with the machine guns and everything mm-hmm. else wasn't there the part of the story though where they're just like uh we need flamethrowers uh weinmeyer you're now a flamethrower that's what it is. when i got over to hawaii joined the fifth division uh they assigned us to our uh companies and stuff and i wound up in headquarters company in a uh demolition platoon mm-hmm. So we fell out the next morning, and, uh, of course, the platoon sergeant, he had his say, and he appointed everybody to their position, and he said, I need a flamethrower, Weinmeyer, <laughs> and I I was a flamethrower from then on. Yeah. Uh, we are talking with uh, one of my favorites, uh, World War II United States Marine Corps veteran, uh, Joe Weinmeyer, 96 years old, and he is still going strong, loves to play golf and goes to the Elks and dances, and we would be remiss if we didn't say hello to his lady friend, Lori. Hello, Lori. Say hi to Lori. Hi to you, sweetheart. See, this is just all fuzzy. I love him. Yeah. And uh, I tell you, when I saw Camp Tarawa, uh, you know, I guess now it was in October of this year, I, I thought about you, but I also thought about the incredible difference in how it looks. You had mentioned, well, you had heard a few years ago that maybe there were a few Quonset huts around, yeah. uh, you know, kind of, and that's the only relics. I'm telling you, I, and I, I've told you uh, when we had lunch, that there's nothing Not, but pasture landing cows now. Yeah. And that's got to be weird in your mind <clears> because <throat> it was congested. It w- well, Tell me in your own words what it was like. Well, uh, it was just one area, actually. Uh, where the camp was, that was where all the action was. And uh, it's a little, they called it a, t- a town, I call it a stop in the road. It was just a, <laughs> a grocery store and a gas station. And that was where you were supposed to get your entertainment, rest, yeah, relaxation? Yeah. If you want to go down and watch people fill gas, 
that's entertainment. Uh-huh. <laughs> did you ever – you never really had a chance to enjoy the Big Island, did you? You went to the coast, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We went down to the coast, and we did a lot of our training down there. But uh, there was nothing else. It's just nothing but a big open field, yep. big ranch. And that, that one of the about, nation's largest. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. You know, this past week, and we've talked about uh, the anniversary of Pearl Harbor. You and I have been there, and, and this anniversary, the 81st. Share your memory of where you were uh, December 7th, 1941. I was sitting in the movie theater watching a movie. And, of course, then they bombed uh, Pearl Harbor. And then they stopped the, the film, and they flashed it across the screen that Pearl Harbor had been attacked. And, well, being 15 years old, 16, mm-hmm. you know, it, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. You know. I mean, at that point uh, in your, you know, your teenage years, yeah. you're, you're not perhaps able to, in an instant, uh, realize the significance of the moment, and then all of a sudden, well, not all of a sudden, but, I mean, in the next few years, your life would change forever because of that attack. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I was uh, in my senior year in high school. I was 17. And uh, I graduated in May, and I was going to turn 18 in June. Well, I didn't want to go in the Army, not that I have anything against the Army. Mm-hmm. I had two brothers in the Army. But I thought I was... Uh, at home, walking down the street one day, and I seen two Marines in their dress blues, and I said, "That's what I want to be." So uh, I didn't say nothing. I went down to the recruiting office and enlisted in the Marine Corps. Yeah, Joe Weinmeyer, he's a World War II veteran, United States Marine Corps. Semper Fi, of course, to him and to all of you and you military families. Um, we. We are forever in your debt. And as we kind of wrap up this season of the American Veteran Show, you know, we have so much to be thankful for. And I know you are thankful for so much. And, you know, Thanksgiving has passed. But as we we air this, uh, you know, Christmas and Hanukkah and the holiday season still ahead. But what are you most thankful for? I mean, first and foremost, man, 96 and a half-ish years old. Man, you've seen a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, I think about it sometimes. What I've seen and done in my life, I've done so much. I uh, skated in the roller derby, of course. Yep. And I water skied and snow skied till I was 81. And the only reason I quit was because my wife had passed away. Mm-hmm. And I thought if I got hurt, I would have nobody to help me. Mm-hmm. So I, I quit both of those, much to my regret. But you're still out there on the golf course, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, twice a week if I can. I wish we had more time, but uh, Joe has been many, many years a marshal. And uh, Joe is uh, a big guy, totally fit, uh, in better shape than most of us. And as we wrap up, I just want you to know that Joe is the kind of guy, he'll tell you, you pick that ball up and you move it. Right? That's right. Right? You've you've been the authority out there. Yeah. And if you're lagging behind, get moving and catch up to the ones in front of you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they said 
Don't fool with Weinmeyer. <laughs> That's right. He'll yell at you. I wouldn't put up with anything. Yeah, they don't know what I know. And yeah. that is you're one of the most terrific human beings ever. Oh, I love you, your friend. And thank you thank for you. always having lunch. You're always uh, a phone call away. And yeah. you're always so good to us here on the program. Well, I appreciate your friendship. One of the most precious friendships in my life. And we have a good time together. And that makes it worth all the effort and everything. That I sure love does. you, my friend. Joe Weinmeyer, United States Marine, World War II veteran, currently receiving hospice care. If you are a man or woman of faith on this Sunday, would you pray with me? Lord, to all of our greatest generation especially, we thank them for their service. We thank them for their contributions. We know that so many have gone before and those that are still here are in the twilight of their life. And we just ask you in the name of Jesus to please bless them and for them to know just how much we appreciate their contributions. In Jesus' name, amen. That wraps up the American Veteran Show. For our wonderful producer, Michael Arpaio, I'm Stephen Tubbs. We'll talk to you next week with another edition of the American Veteran Show. And remember our troops. The American Veterans Show is a copyrighted production of Mountain Time Media Group, LLC. All rights reserved. For more information, visit AmericanVeteranShow.com. Join us next week for another edition of The American Veteran Show. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.